This is Amplify, a podcast for people that want to crush life by learning from the minds of high performers. So take a deep breath in and get ready to become more, live more, and give more. Welcome to another episode of the Amplify podcast. I'm your host, John Templeton, and today with me is Luke Belk. Now, Luke is a father. He's a father of three kids. Um, he's an astrologer, which when you hear his story from being uh, a pest controller to astrologer and the fact that he loves his heavy metal and he's a, he's a gun on the drums, he's a Reiki healer and he's a quantum healing hypnosis practitioner. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about astrology, of course, but the, the topic of spirituality is not all love and light. And I you know, I really wanted to bring Luke onto the show because usually um, when it comes to astrology and these esoteric things, we can sometimes put people in a stereotypical box of, look, I'll throw the word happy out there, just the, the, the love and light community. And when I saw Luke and what, what it, the fact that he still brings himself into this space um really resonated with me and i was like i want to i want to get this message out to you to the world to everybody watching and listening that you can just be yourself you can just be whether you're a blokey bloke like luke um whether you're a girly girl whether you're whatever you want to be you can still learn about these um esoteric realms which are going to have a massive massive impact on your life so luke welcome so much to the amplify podcast thanks for having me john appreciate it mate so tell me more, because you just mentioned it before. You, you, you did pest control. You used to live in the Gold Coast. Tell me about going from pest control to help like reading astrological charts and, and talking to people about you know, their lives yeah. based on star spoons. Yeah. Like it's a bit different. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so the, the shortest version is uh, in 2015, I decided to do a year off alcohol. Um, and up until that point, I'd, I'd been in pest control since I was like 19, I think, um, through family. And um, I'd run a pretty successful pest control business. But, and I'd, you know, gone through ticking the boxes on the Australian dream box, you know, house, mortgage, family, kids, overseas holidays, cars, all that sort of stuff. But I, internally, I wasn't really happy in my life and I didn't really know why. And I, I had been drinking a lot to sort of mask that unhappiness. Um, and in 2015, I thought, right, I just need to put the alcohol aside and just sort myself out. And um, I had what could best be termed a spiritual awakening in 2015. And through that year, I had a really clear mind. I was on a real exercise regime. I lost 15 kilos. Um, I had an amateur boxing fight, um, which was pretty, pretty um, challenging, but also, you know, a real big growth sort of thing for me and I was diving deep into rabbit holes around conspiracies and esoteric things and uh, metaphysics and all of that and I came across um, some stuff about astrology that just intrigued me it was just like all of a sudden I was I found something that had um, the depth of it had described me and my characteristics better than anything else in my entire life and I was just like wow how come we don't know about this in mainstream you know culture and what we get in my mainstream culture is just you know the horoscopes in the magazines and it's easy because it's generic and non-specific. It's really easy to dismiss that and be like, ah, that's, that's not me. That's rubbish. Um, but when I discovered the depth of it, I was like, well, hang on. There's something to this. Um, and then through that year, I just discovered like in our history, in our ancient past, how much it has been woven through culture. 
but in modern times, how it's been obscured. Um, and I find it a really useful tool. Um, there are many different tools out there. I find astrology a really useful tool. And what really resonated me in that year was like this burning desire to want to learn as much as I could because I knew the power of how it could help people and guide people. Yeah. And it was coming in my life as well at a time where I was sort of searching for a few answers. Like, you know, as a, as a young kid, I was always that inquisitive type, like why? why 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 i always wanted to know the why within everything you've already said there there are so many things i want to dive into i should have taken notes i'll write them down in a moment but one of the things was that what what inspired you to stop drinking like because that in itself that one decision has obviously been pivotal when we look at our our timelines that are running had you not made that decision you wouldn't be here now we wouldn't be here now you wouldn't be able to connect with the people you are now so that that one decision where did that come from? What was happening in your life? What crossed your mind? Yeah, so um, I just developed this pattern of um, drinking to, uh, like, look, put it this way. I grew up in a family where um, it, my dad's a builder. And every house he builds, he builds a bar or, or he builds a house around a bar pretty much. So <laughs> drinking's been, you know, part of our culture growing up and um, something that when we'd get together as a family, we were having a beer, you know, and a laugh. Um, so it's just something that was always there. But in my life, um, what had happened was I just fell into this pattern of something internally was wrong, but I didn't know what. I didn't have the conscious awareness at that point to sort of really go, well, I'm not happy. Because from the outside looking in, there was no reason why I should be based on what I thought were measures of success. Mm. And But inside, I was unhappy. So I just developed this um, habit of drinking. And it started from sort of Thursday and would run through till Sunday. Then on Monday, I'd sort of be anxious about going back to work because, uh, you know, back into the, the rat race sort of thing. Um, and then it grew to like drinking every evening and then it grew to like having beers on the way home and then getting home and telling my wife like, no, I only had one even though and I had what three. Did you, like, what did you, were you just like, I've had enough? Or was it like well, an angel was on your shoulder or did you read your star sign <laughs> and it was like, you will stop drinking? Like what, what actually made you go and was uh, it... Was it easy? Um, so the thing that made me stop was um, feeling guilt and shame for stuff that I'd done when I was drunk. Um, so the, the, the worst situation was um, a friend's wedding. It was one of my wife's friend's weddings. And um, I'd passed out drunk in the garden before the speeches. Nice job. And, um, yeah. And then when they tried to wake me, I got quite ag aggressive and was yelling at them and saying, take me home, this wedding sucks, before they'd even had the speeches. So... Yeah, it was, it was a bit of a low point, but the next day, um, when we got home the next day, like obviously the, my wife was dirty on me and um, I had no memory of it. Like I, I didn't, she recalled it all and I had no memory of any of it. And I was just, I just sat with that for about a week, just thinking like, all right, I didn't even know what I was doing. Like, and that's pretty bad. So I just, I said to her, I've got to stop drinking. She goes, yeah, you should. And I'm like, I'm going to do a year off. And actually I faced a lot of resistance from she, my wife was like, oh, why don't you start with like month off, you know, like to October or one of those things. And I'm like, yeah, I've done those. And all that happens is after the month off, I go, Oh great. I did a month off. Now I can drink even more, you know, because I'm how good am I? So I'm like, no, I need to learn to live without the alcohol. I need to learn to just run every day of my life without having to mask with the drinking. So yeah, I mean, that was really at the end of 2014 when that happened. And then so, yeah, by about the 15th of December in 2014, I just said, that's it, I'm done. Um, and yeah, I went cold turkey. For, and the thing is too, I used to love 
because I worked hard as pest controller. I did a lot of termite management out in the sun all day and digging and a lot of hard work. I used to love that first beer when I got home. So um, I was doing this, this boxing, amateur boxing thing. And the guy that runs that actually might know him, Gavin Top. Um, he runs Flight Like a Pro on the Gold Coast. And um, he's a recovering alcoholic. And he said to me, because um, I was telling him what was going on, and he said to me, replace that first drink with another type of drink just because it's like a habit. Mm-hmm. So I did, I just replaced it with um, soda water and, and lime mm-hmm. and it quenched that first. And it was just like, I, for six weeks, that's what I would do. And then after about six weeks, it just got really easy. And then by the end of that year off, I was like, I don't really need to drink again, even though I did and have. <laughs> but I was in that place where I was just like, well, yeah, don't really yeah. need it. And, and so you did a year off. Did you celebrate at the end with a drink or have you not gone back or...? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I had two beers at a, at a tavern after that had finished that year, had a splitting headache, went home, fell asleep on the couch and woke up in sleep paralysis. So I was awake, but my body was asleep. I was on the couch and I was totally like I could see my wife watching TV. I could see the whole room, but my whole body was asleep and it was the most frightening experience of my life because I was like trapped in my body. Um, the only way I could get out of it was fall back asleep and then wake myself up again. And then I was like, oh my God this was happening. I was telling my wife what was going on and she was like, you're asleep the whole time. I'm like, I was awake. <laughs> so that was it. I was doing pretty intense by that stage too. I was really doing these intense sort of rituals and meditations that I'd sort of started to, you know, um, in, incorporate into my spiritual practice. Um, you know, I was, was going to say, was that dreams. your first sort of encounter with that weird world or is it something you, I mean, even be, when did you start to, live in the the esoteric world or not live there but play in that world yeah about halfway through 2015 after i started to discover so basically what was happening in 2015 because um, i worked for myself and i had people that work for me but i spent a lot of time on my own either driving between jobs or even on jobs on my own so i just have my earpiece to my phone and i was listening to podcast after podcast after youtube video i was just consuming it and once i discovered astrology and i was just like listening to so much content on that um, and I was listening to guys on um, esoteric and occult stuff as well around, um, you know, ritual practices and things like that. So I'd started to develop my own practice. Um, and that then I was basically every morning meditating and doing all this ritual work. Yeah. Um, yeah so <clears throat> that was pretty, that was my first major sort of um, strange event, I guess. I've had a lot since then, but um, that was the first one. <laughs> it's so funny when you sort of have them, you... You, you can never go back to living as normal, I say. And you can, there are people that have, are living and they haven't experienced that, that first weird event, which there's just no question that there's another world. Um, so what else has happened since then in terms of oh, um, weirdness on us? Yeah, so, so um, one of the really spin out ones was, um, I was listening to a podcast about owls, you know, the, the animal owls. Like, I don't know if you can see that tattoo there, the owl. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, the bird, you know, the barn. So for anyone listening to the audio version of this, um, Luke's got tattoos, got a beard. <laughs> He's just a bloke. <laughs> just a, it's just an Aussie bloke. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I was listening to a podcast and this guy from America was talking about encounters that people had with owls around real ominous events in their life. Um, and that owls would appear either before or after these events that were happening, all sorts of different things like, um, you know, alien abduction stuff, um, accidents, deaths, all that, and these encounters with owls. And it was just like, 
wow, that's that's a spin out. Now people are going to call you say this is oh it's a coincidence, and we can we'll dive into that a little bit as well. For sure. So I had done a ritual um, after listening to that podcast. Part of my practice, I did this ritual. It's called the Bornless Rite or the Bornless Ritual, and you can look it up on the internet and you can you can do it. Actually, um, uh, Gordon White he has a podcast and um, he he wrote a book and it's actually in that book as well that he wrote. I can't remember the name of it, but I can get it to you. What's anyway, the name of the ritual? Um, the Bornless Bornless Ritual. The Bornless yeah. Ritual. Yeah. So I'd done that in the uh, afternoon and at that point in my life I was doing some part-time work with my brother who's a builder and he had uh, he was renovating a house so 6am we sort of rock up on the job site ready to start I go um, we, it was a two-story house and we were working underneath it and um, as we're coming down the stairs there were just every bird you could imagine in this local little area was in Corumban on the Gold Coast was in the trees screaming like just screaming and my brother and I were like what is with the birds? Like you just, the trees were full of these birds, right? Come down under the house like that. And then under like this beam, there's this big white barn owl sitting on a beam. And it looked like, as I saw it, it was turning, it turned away from me. And it just looked at me like that, looked me straight in the eye and then, and flew off. And as it flew off, every bird chased it <laughs> Whoa. and I was just, and that was, that was the day after I'd done the ritual and a, a week before I was listening to the story about the owls. And I was just like, Whoa, since then I've had where I am now. Um, I had a friend come over who was moving from Victor, um, Queensland and he come to say goodbye and stuff. And as he's leaving, there's this big owl during the day sitting on the fence post. He's like, Oh, what's the owl? I'm like, so, oh man, <laughs> um, I've done plant medicine. I've had owls come to me in the plant medicine. I asked the shaman about that. He's like, oh, that most likely is your spirit animal. I actually turned into an owl during one of my ceremonies. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've had a lot of encounters with owls. So um, for anyone listening who's going, okay, this guy's crazy. I might, mm. I might tune out now. What, what's, I mean, I, every, every, to me, every, everything is perfectly, orchestrated everything has a message and a meaning um and i mean everything and so for anybody who's listening that's like well that's probably just a coincidence how do you explain it to people like that yeah so the word coincidence has been sort of um hijacked in our western popular culture as a term that we can dismiss um connected events because you hear the word coincidence and it instantly your brain thinks oh that's just a coincidence like even the way you say it's just a coincidence but if you break down that coincidence, it's two incidences occurring that are connected. And there's another word which I prefer to use, which is a synchronicity. Hmm. And that's a synchronistic event. So, um, you know, why did I see the owl? Perhaps, I mean, the owl's a bird of wisdom. Perhaps it was bringing a message to say, like, what you're doing is to keep doing that. That's the way I sort of perceive it. Um, they're sort of birds of messages and wisdom things. So, um, yeah, I... I, I in my old reality, I would have just labeled it as a coincidence, but by now with this work I was doing and the ritual stuff I was doing and the exposing myself to this esoteric knowledge, I was like, right, wow, it's just like a reassurance, you know, that you're doing the right thing. So, yeah. The reason, the reason I really, I remember being young, um, maybe in my teens, and that's when I kind of figured that I went in cycles. Like I was like, I work in cycles. There's the cycle of happiness. There's the cycle of sadness. There's this cycle of energy. There's this cycle of tiredness. Everything was cyclical. And 
you know, you'd get depressed for a while. I mean, there were times of like deep depression and that was awful, obviously. That was in my 20s. But even as a kid, just feeling shit and then feeling good. And so I went, wait a minute, this keeps happening. And, and so I started to look in the world and I was like, wow, it all works in cycles. I was like, the sun is a cycle. Everything is a cycle. And I never paid much more attention to it. I just, I just knew I had that one belief, things work in cycles. And then as I sort of grew and learned more, I was like, what's causing the cycles? And, and, you know, you hear about the circadian rhythm and I was like, okay, cool. Well, what's causing that? What's, and everything kept pointing towards the, the planets, <laughs> the, the sun, the moon, and the stars. And I was like, oh, fuck, it keeps pointing to that. And then I would have friends that would say, I have good friends now that were like, ah, oh, don't buy into any of that crap. It's rubbish. And I'm like, no, I don't think it is. And so then I started researching, like, I love ancient wisdom because there, there you know, there are civilizations that have been here before us that knew far more than we did that were wiser than us. And so I'm like, they've got something to share. So I started looking that up and they all point to Astro astronomy probably more as well astronomy which is the mathematical side of it all i guess and the science side but astronomy astrology and so i was like okay i've got to start learning about this whether you know i don't want to become it but i want to know enough so that i can put it into practical use and so that's when i reached out to you because i was like if it affects the bloody if it affects me in my cycles if it affects the tides if it affects the way animals navigate the planet when they migrate i'm like this is important for people to know man yep yeah so, absolutely so um, keeping that in mind like what's what's how does it work how does it affect yeah. me and yeah absolutely yeah, absolutely i think that um reality unfolds according to a, uh, the divine architect right people call that god or whatever they would they want to fill in that space some people don't have that belief but there is a there is a way in which um reality unfolds here for us and we call that as well nature and what astrology does is it points to the clock that aligns to the cycles and like you were saying before about cycles it's the clock that sort of um governs or um signifies these cycles right and there is you know we could say well is the planet causing the effect here and is it the frequency or vibration of that planet or is on a larger scale reality just unfolds and that planet is the visual representation of that energy and we sort of look to that and go oh it's because of jupiter's here or whatever but yet jupiter's only there because it's the physical manifestation of the way in which nature is unfolding from the great divine architect mm -hmm. so when you yeah when you look into astrology what you're looking to is that, that how so put it this way, we look, we look into astrology because we have this rational, logical, thinking, reasoning mind that wants to know and work things out. Whereas birds flying south for the winter, they're just in sync with that pattern anyway. They don't have to be like, oh, I wonder when uh, Jupiter's going to move into the next sign and then we've got to go. No, it's like they've just, they're already in sync with that. It's instinctive, and right? It's, it's exactly. just part of them. Yeah, but for us, because we have this developed, intelligent mind, we have to know and work it out, right? Before, then what happens is you, it's full circle. Then you become full back into like your nature, right? And you started this podcast about saying how you can just be you. This is your nature, right? Um, and you come back into that place and then you can sort of sink in with nature again instead of fighting. You know? So that's what astrology does for me is it helps to look at the cycles that we're in um, and the, the patterns that are unfolding in the way in which they are.
So mm. then you can use that for understanding awareness and guidance on a conscious level, but also for, you know, um, your pathway through life. Mm. I remember, um, again, in my teens, I, I was fishing in New Zealand, lots of fishing, and there was a fisherman called Bill Hohepper, Maori man, and he used to crush it fishing, but he wouldn't go fishing that often. He would just time it for the moon. He was like, he knew where the moon had to be for the fish to be like hungry. So that was his little secret. And, you know, I would go fishing, have terrible days fishing and then go fishing and have good days fishing. And silly John should have just learned the moon phases. That would have probably solved all of my issues. So, I mean, it affects the fish. I was going to say something else that it massive. Oh, um, police. Whenever I talk to police, they're like, the full moon is crazy time. And, you know, we say the werewolves come out and all that. I, um, I got a friend in New Zealand. I won't say his name. He's in the police. He took me for a car ride on the full moon. He's like, come with me and, you know, you'll see. And it was carnage. We went to a, we went to a house. There was a smashed window, blood everywhere. Here's me with a torch, you know, in the crime scene. And it was just carnage after carnage. And I said, is this normal? And he was just like, no. And I asked the other police that were, you know, on duty. And they just said, no, it's not. This is what happens on the full moon. Mm. How was that happening? How was the, how, how was the moon or the planet like beaming for people to go mad? Are we not in control of ourselves? No, <laughs> that's the short answer. <laughs> no, unless you start to, you know, do the work and become more consciously aware, but otherwise we're just playing out our conditioning. Um, absolutely. Um, yeah, I have a sister who's um, been a nurse for 25 years. And I remember when she was doing her early training and studying, she had to go through all the different departments of the, of the, of the hospital. And when she did the ER ward, it was like, yeah, around the full moon time, it's just crazy busy, you know? In fact, that they actually do a lot of planning around the, the moon, the full moon is like, you know, how many staff that they need on. Yeah, they're going to need to, yeah, cope with the influx of people doing crazy things. Um, now, from an astrological perspective, when we look at the moon, the moon rules over our subconscious reaction to, to the world and our emotional sort of um, tendencies and how we respond emotionally to a set given of events. Um, what happens on a full moon is that the moon itself doesn't have any light of its own and it's the planet that rules our subconscious with the sun ruling our consciousness. So when the moon is full, the full light of the sun or in other words, consciousness is shone upon the unconscious or subconscious and it's made conscious. And when that happens, it's a, it's an influx of energy. It's a bit of an energy to release that, but when it gets released, it makes people do crazy things that they normally wouldn't. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense to me understanding the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, you'd think it would be a bit of an awakening for some people because becoming aware, becoming conscious of the things they were unconscious of can be like an awakening process. Like, Oh, I really am messed up. You know, <laughs> I really am. <laughs> I really am an angry person or something. Yeah. I think for the, um, for people doing their, um, work on their consciousness and trying to expand that and also become more self-aware. I think, yes, that can happen. That can be a really good thing when you start to sink into astrology and use the cycles of the moon, the new moon and the full moon to, to work on yourself. Yes, absolutely. But for the vast majority of people with unawareness, they just feel that as like, they're a little bit angry. They're a little bit sad. They're a little bit like energized, you know? So, and then they'll respond or react from that feeling rather than the awareness of what, why am I feeling that way? Hmm. And the big one that, you know, it's easy, it's become a, it's become a meme. And what I mean by a meme, something that people just kind of share and they don't really know why, but the old Mercury in retrograde, like <laughs> I got caught in the meme for a while. I was like, you know, when someone would say it, I'd be like, ah, oh, get out of here. Shut up. Just yeah. 
control yourself. But I don't even know what it means. So it was a little bit ignorant of me. What is it? What is it? What's happening? Yeah, so each of the planets are given uh, functions that they uh, reside over. And for Mercury, it resides over the function of our mind and how the mind works, the intellect, how we communicate, speech, thought, um, messages, and also transportation because it's the toing and froing of information. Think of it, that's, that's what the mind does. So if the planet Mercury is going direct through the sky, then we're in clear sort of forward thinking mode. Um, but every now and then, based on our location and perspective, which is all perspective, but perspective creates reality, and that's an important distinction to make. Um, so it, it, from our perspective every now and then, because of its cycle or orbit around the sun, it appears to be going backwards through a sign, and we call that a retrograde. The, all the planets do it except for the sun and the moon. Um, Mercury does it the most often because of its just fast um, orbit around the sun. So when it's in retrograde, it appears from our perspective to be going backwards through a sign. Therefore, the things that it governs also are going backwards. Think of it like that. So the mind, the intellect, thinking, thoughts, speech, communications are not having that forward direction. So if you want to adapt that to like, how do I use a retrograde cycle? Well, every three months or so for three weeks, it's a time where you review your plans. Where am I at? What's going on? It's not sort of, sort of like initiating things. It's sort of refining things, um, releasing stuff, redoing things, rethinking, revising. Um, but most people with the unawareness, they're just going about their life and all of a sudden, they've sent a message and they, the context was taken out of, um, you know, it was taken out of context or it didn't go through or someone missed it and didn't read it or didn't interpret it. There's a traffic jam. They're stuck trying to get to work. It takes longer. There's little things like that because it's ruling over those things in our reality. So those things in our reality tend to have that effect of going backwards. Mm. So just, yeah. just explain retrograde again. So not, are you talking about the way the planet spins or the way it orbits something? Yep. So Mercury has an 88 day cycle or orbit around the sun. So our, and, and from our perspective within astrology, we, we sort of um, go geocentric rather than heliocentric because we put the earth at the center and everything, including the sun is, is moving in the skies. If you think of it from those terms. Okay. Uh, and the reason we do that is because it's affecting us here in our physical body. So we become the center, not the okay. sun. If that makes sense. Yeah. And our but really earth, everything which, does orbit the sun, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And well, so, three hundred and sixty. So we're told. Three hundred and sixty-five yeah. days for Earth, and you're saying eighty-eight days for Mercury. Yep. So, so it's then, flying fast. Yes, it's, and that's that's another thing. The function of Mercury is speed. So, um, you know, the Nike tick. Um, that's that's a. Um, a manifestation of the symbolism of mercury okay. um, a lot of transportation companies um you know fedex tnt and places like that they'll use the orange color to represent mercury because yeah. it's the planet of speed and if you want to get something done quick you want mercury energy to do that because it's there's the a, fastest moving there's a boat like a boat motor company called mercury absolutely yeah. uh -huh. we, we we see this in our popular culture we see these astrological symbolisms and terms used but we don't connect it because we're not aware of it because we haven't been shown it or taught it we're not taught the language of symbolism we have to learn that ourselves yeah right. um however so it from our it's easy way to think of this is a, a visual right <laughs> say this is the sun and this is mercury going around it mm -hmm. so the sun's moving through the sky from our perspective right mm -hmm. through the sign and mercury's going around the sun so every now and then as mercury goes around it gets to a certain point and it looks like it's going backwards but it's not 
it's always just going forward. But it looks like from our perspective that it's going backwards at a certain point. Uh-huh. And that's what a retrograde cycle is. It's like from our perspective, it appears to be now going backwards through that sign, even though the planet never stops and it never changes its orbital speed. It's just perspective only. But okay. like I was saying, perspective creates reality. In other words, you perceive how you perceive things is what creates them. You know, and if you don't like the world you see, change the way you see it. You heard that yeah. before. So it's yeah. all perspective. Yeah, but it energetically affects us absolutely. Okay, and is it just does it just come down to the individual's level of consciousness to be able to go? Okay, I'm feeling a little bit fucked up at the moment. I'm feeling a little bit messed up. I'm I'm not going to blame my spouse. I'm not going to blame my friends. I'm not going to blame myself. I'm not going to blame the the fucking moon and the stars. I'm just going to be okay with feeling a little bit messed up. Whereas some people all across social media scream that there's a retrograde happening and the fucking, I don't know. It's like the world's coming down. Yeah. I mean, how do you deal with a retrograde? Are you just like, yeah, you know what? I just accept awareness. It. Absolutely. It's awareness. And what I might do is if I know there's a retrograde, um, I might take a little bit, more time to um, read through an important email before I send it. I might um, plan a little bit extra time on, on a trip or a journey that I'm taking. And I just, I'm just got that awareness. Um, it still catches me out. I've still done things during a retrograde and have them turned out really like difficultly and then be realizing, well, okay. And cause the thing is too, you can take uh, a bit more haste or not as much care and if you're in a retrograde, then the likelihood is that that's going to manifest into some difficulty or challenge for you. Mm. So it's it all, I don't really alter my life and be like, oh, well, hang on a second, Mercury's retrograde, or, as, or necessarily blame it. It's just an awareness that I have that to go, okay, well, Mercury's retrograde. Yes, in the new age community and online, people like to bandy around things because it gets likes, you know. Oh, yeah, like, like, like that funny. It's funny. Yeah, okay, yeah, Mercury's retrograde. And yeah. all the memes and all that. And look, it's... it's pretty harmless but to fully blame things and just be like well it's not my fault i mean that's just um what do they call that spiritual bypassing or something like that yeah you know yeah Yeah. so so there's a couple of terms i wanted to understand and for anyone watching or listening um just excuse these selfish questions i have but there's there's like equinoxes solstices and you know that i want to talk about the 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 great uh the the solar flash yes yep so so what's What's a solstice and what's an equinox first? Yeah, equinox is equal night, equal day. Um, so the equinoxes and solstice are what we would call like the cardinal points. So um, they're defining points for our seasons. Um, so we have four seasons and we have two equinoxes and two solstices. And they're just defining energetic top points. Um, and an equinox basically is equal night, equal day. Um, so that happens in March 21st when the sun moves into Aries. And also uh, I think it's October... Uh, no, it's not September 22nd, around that time, when the sun moves into Libra, sign of the scales, right? It's balancing out the seasons. Um, so they are just demarcations of these um, pretty powerful energetic shifts where we move into like these new um, seasons, I guess, if you want to call okay. it that. Um, the solstice, um, so we have the winter solstice for us here. It's the... Um, summer solstice for a northern hemisphere and then our summer solstice is the winter solstice and this solar flash that you're talking about that happens at a conjunction with jupiter and pluto uh, sorry jupiter and saturn um which happens every 20 years because of their cyclical orbit right so it's not rare for the jupiter and saturn conjunction 
Um, but to have that on uh, the winter solstice in a sign ruled by Saturn hasn't happened in the last two and a half thousand years. So it's a very significant um, point, very powerful turning point. Um, we're moving out of these conjunctions between Jupiter and Saturn have predominantly been happening in Earth signs for the last 250 years. And Jupiter and Saturn deal with the expansion and contraction. So Jupiter is the expansive energy and Saturn is the restricting and limiting energy. When you combine those two, it's the necessary ingredients for structural change within society. So if you look at the, and map out the Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions, you'll see these fundamental changes in society here. So they always mark like what sort of society we're moving into for the next 20 year cycle. Mm -hmm. um, the significance of this is because we've been in these earth cycles for 250 years or so, what were all the major wars fought over in the last 250 years, all over land and dominance of, of terrain. And like, you know, this is my bit, that's your bit sort of thing. Um, and that can be sort of typified by that Jupiter um, Saturn conjunctions being in earth science. So the control and manipulation of reality is based on material earthbound. We're now moving at the end of this year into Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in air signs now for quite some time to, to come ahead. Um, so I would say that the, the levels of restriction and control and, and the way in which society is um, shaped will be all based on the air realm and the air realm is social. It's, it's the intellect, it's knowledge, it's information. Right. Hey, it would be thoughts as well, like thought police, and we've got that already with the with the um, uh, censorship that's happening now. Media, the social yep. media censorship. Yep, absolutely. It's the censorship that's happening now. And it's already bump. started to. That, yeah. yeah, so you know that that grand conjunction. Now the solar flash part of that that's speculative. Um, so a solar flash is a coronal mass ejection from the sun. Um, so there's a really cool guy on YouTube that does uh, a lot of stuff about that. His name is the suspicious observer. So if you're interested in that stuff, check him out, but it's speculated. Um, I'm not sure on, on a external level, what's going to happen. Is there going to be some physical representation of this, this turning point? Perhaps what I do know from my esoteric and occult background is that the world is run by occultists and they do rituals at certain powerful points of astrological alignments. And they've been doing this since the dawn of time. So, um, and you can look back at all the major sort of rituals that they've done and then look to the sky and be like, wow, it just lines up perfectly. So is there going to be some type of new ritual that may be taken uh, or undertaken around that time? It would be certainly a powerful point in history to do that so, so you said the world is run by occultists um and they do rituals like when we look back in time to me in my mind i'm like it sounds like really dark magic dark energy or people um you know sacrificing a child for the sun god is that what you're talking about yep okay yes, and, absolutely and who who like the i i there are people that run this world and that we don't even freaking know about at the elite of the top of the top. I get that hundred percent. And you know, these rituals that they do, you're saying are in alignment with like it, a lot of people will think, yeah, that's something they did, you know, in the Mayan times, but you're saying they still do them now. In the Mayan times, it was very overt and obvious. They, they sacrificed the goat, the child, the people, whatever people saw that what's happened in modern times is it's just been subverted and um, now these events happen and we're like, Oh wow, this, this massive thing happened. Like they tore down the twin towers, right? We see that as like a, 
a terrorist event. And it's like, no, it's a ritual. They're doing it. They're, they're, they're doing a ritual. It's just that because we don't know the language of symbolism, we don't, you know, for the vast majority of people, they just see it as what it's been presented as by the narrative, right? The story they're telling about it, but symbolically it has a much different meaning mm, for mm. sure. And, and occultist just means that, that people are working with hidden knowledge, esoteric and exoteric. Exoteric is, is what, you know, a church might have as sort of their, their practices and esoteric is what they have that you don't know about. Okay. And then where, where does that fall in? Well, then you have mystery schools and secret societies, um, that have been operating, <laughs> you know, go look at uh, J um, JFK's speech before he was about the secret societies running the world and how it was not what he was sort of um, wanting for the world that he was trying to create. And the next thing he's assassinated, but yeah, so they, um, and you know, people sort of have this hard mind to get, to get past, like, how could they do that? Understand this. If you are, if you're a president or someone in high standing office and you sworn in and you take an oath, the secret society oath that you have supersedes all others. So, and you make that oath to death, or like the, you know, your life, you're basically saying, if I divulge my identity in this secret society or the practices, I'm willing to die. Mm -hmm. And that they supersede all of the lower level stuff that we see as like popular culture and politi political, um, you know, oaths and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and the people that are in very high positions and also, like you mentioned before, the people that are really in the top running the show that no one ever knows, the faceless men behind the screen, a bit like the Wizard of Oz, the guy behind the screen, right? Um, they're, they're all, it's, it, they're all in some form of secret society or mystery school or, you know, they all have the occult knowledge. In fact, you don't get past a certain level unless you've been initiated. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you're only going to be going to get to a certain point. Yeah, and we're talking about this the solar flash now. For anyone watching, listening, um, live or on the replay, I started finding out about the Great Solar Flash as a Great Awakening, a moment in time where there's the consciousness on on planet Earth rises, and it gave me hope. I was like, oh wow, this is really cool. <laughs> you know, I hope this happens. And on the timelines, I the research I did, it was kind of in the next five or six years from now, like pretty much between now and 2030, somewhere in there, but probably in the next five or six years. And I remember I did an event like three years ago with, um, with someone, I won't say their name, had a lot of wisdom. And they said that they said this was 2017. They said 2020 was going to be crazy going off of like astronomy, uh, astrology, 2020 was going to be crazy. And I was like, okay, let's see what happens. I remember it's in my cupboard here. I've got my notes and I read it again. And it's like, I wrote it. Um, and it, and obviously we can all admit 2020s be crazy. And, and then I, and then I've had friends recently say December 21st. Uh, no, wait, the guy in the seminar also said Uluru in Australia, for those that don't know the, the big rock, um, the person that ran the seminar also said Uluru was the heart of the earth. It is, the heart of the earth. And so I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I just have friends recently that are going to Uluru on the 20th, 21st of December. And a lot of, you know, the originals from Australia are going there for this big spiritual event. I'm getting goosebumps now talking about it. And I put, I put it all together. I was like, wait a minute, something's happening here. Cause I've got people from all different communities. I'm talking about the originals. I'm talking about people from America that the event I went to all pointing towards this this moment in time and then i find out from you when we talked like last week that the 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 the, 
to solar flash was meant to be on those dates. I was just like, I, I got to go. So I'm, I'm hiring a caravan. I'm like, <laughs> I'm heading to Uluru, right? Um, and, and so I'm, if, if there are people that have got the, the knowledge and the wisdom of the original people from Australia and, you know, all around the world, I would say, that, you know, the, the Native American Indians and the, the Islanders, they all say the same thing. And it's all based on astrology. And so we, are, we must be absolutely mad not to, not to listen to it or at least increase our awareness and learn from it. So oh, you, you go, you go, Luke. Yeah, well, um, I'll give you The Dark Crystal. Remember the movie from the 80s? I, I was probably just one year old, so no. Okay, so the, go and look that up and watch that movie. Um, Dark it's Crystal? A, it's a puppet, The Dark Crystal. Um, the guy that did the Muppets did, was the creator. I can't remember his name um, offhand. So what, listen to that, watch that movie. They, they, they talk about the grand conjunction in that. <laughs> that's, that's one. Because um, so, you're mentioning like all of the, the, the ways in which this has sort of come into your consciousness. But if you look into popular culture, it's been embedded in that too. So there is um, the Dark Crystal. There's also Twin Peaks. Remember the series Twin Peaks? I, I've heard the name. I'm not much of a TV person, but... That's cool. That's cool. So it was a long series um, in the 80s. And um, that also depicts the Grand Conjunction. Um, and then Star Trek. Uh, and I'm not a Star Trek fan, but this is the Live Long and Prosper. Now, we have the planets on our hands here. So this is Mercury, the Sun, Saturn, Jupiter, and Mars. And this bit here, this is the mountain Venus. Okay, so we have the zodiac here, right? And when you see symbols, and there's a lot going on in, in, uh, you know, in the New Age movement at the moment, because like, oh, they made the sixth symbol, or they did the devil horns. And it's like, well, that is Jupiter and, um, and Mars. So that is the war and the power. Right? When you do that, it's war and power. When you do that, that's um, Jupiter and Mercury. That's um, power and money. <laughs> right? So there's all these symbols that do. But when you do that one, which is the Star Trek symbol, right? and they say in that, live long and prosper. You've got Mercury and the sun together. You've got Saturn and Jupiter together. And Mars nowhere to be seen. Live long and prosper. On the 21st of December this year, there'll be a Jupiter and Saturn conjunction in Aquarius, there will be a Sun-Mercury conjunction and uh, I believe that in Capricorn and then Mars won't be there, it'll be off to the side. So literally that symbol is the symbol for the grand conjunction at the end of this year. Um, and it's on the solstice. Now, even the grand conjunction is powerful enough, but put it on one of those four points right, that are powerful turning points that we go through all these, like you're saying, cycles. And you could think of this as sunrise, midday, sunset, midnight, right? And that's our day. And then our year is expanded out the same, right? And then we go into these bigger cycles. So you have a conjunction on one of those points. It intensifies the power of that like exponentially. So it's, it's a shift. And even if nothing externally manifests on an inner level, if you want to like get yourself into this position of like taking advantage of a, of an energetic conscious shift, then there are many different things you could do. But I would say the easiest, fastest way to prepare would be to fast, fast. Yeah. Wow. Fast. Leading up to that point, just fast, really clear, cleanse and clear your body's system, drink lots and lots of water and fast. Now, I'm not going to advocate any particular type of fasting program, but you know, search out and make sure you're doing it healthy but fast would be the quickest way to get you in that. And meditation and fasting. 
in yeah, that right. So just make sure you're so, on a good frequency. Absolutely. So, you know, even like seven days out, just right, I'm going to fast now for the next seven days. So you can still eat, but just minimal amount and really clean food and um, lots of water and juicing and things and just really cleans out. So really like e even a three-day fast is going to just tune your body right up. You know? A bit like a car, we take it every now and then get serviced. Well, a fast is a really good way to do that for your body. Yeah. But yeah, it's going to be a very interesting shift. <laughs> you said that, that we haven't had this cycle, I think you said for two and a half thousand years. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, we haven't had this alignment in that period of time. Yeah. All of those things happening on that day, on that solstice, hasn't happened in those signs. So yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it's a rare event. Are there any events that happen even rarer than that, that maybe come along every, I don't know, 20,000, 13,000 years? Um, offhand, I, I, I would look into that, but yeah, I would expect there will be. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, you know, you were mentioning before about cycles and how everything cycles, and that's what these are. They're just cycles within cycles. We have a cycle in the day, we have a cycle in the, in the month, the year, the week. We have so many cycles that are operating, and then we have these massive cycles. So we have the ages that we move through, which we're in the age of Pisces, moving towards the age or not almost into the age of Aquarius. But then we have the great year, which is 25,000 years, where we go right through the whole entire zodiac. When does that um, end? Um, well, so if we start the, the um, that, that has ended and now begun again, if we're starting at um, Aries, the age of Aries has been the start. But the thing is with this, that, that great year, so with the Zodiac, we start with Aries and then we move on through the signs. Um, so, you know, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer and so on. In the, in the ages, though, we retrograde backwards through them. So we went from the age of Aries into the age of Pisces and now we're going to the age of Aquarius. So backwards through them. Through them. Um, if you want to get a good idea of the age of Aries transition to the age of Pisces, watch the Game of Thrones. Um, that series is depicting the time where, we, where humanity moved out of the age of Aries and into the age of Pisces. That whole series is right in that point. And I think we find ourselves as a humanity now right at the end of the age of Pisces and bringing in, ushering in the age of Aquarius. Yeah. So when, obviously there have been people on earth, animals on earth that have become distinct, extinct, right? We're the, we're the sixth, we're heading for the sixth mass extinction. What was happening astrologically when the others died so that we can, <laughs> we can plan it? <laughs> I've no idea. I haven't looked back that far. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, yeah. So, you know, like the, the flood and all of that, I think that would have been the age of cancer. Um, like, yeah, we've gone through a lot of different ages. Um, I do follow a, a pretty um, far out sort of esoteric uh, astrologer online from America. And she's, she says that um, when we move from the age of Capricorn to the age of Sagittarius is when we had the fall, humanity fell. And when all of these esoteric or this knowledge that's actually divine knowledge and wisdom became esoteric and hidden and concealed. And then since the age of Sagittarius, we've been just, you know, being manipulated ever since. Um, but you, know, you might've heard, uh, that was, uh, wow. 20,000 years ago. Um, okay. yeah. So we've been under this sort of cloud for 20,000 years or so, but you might've heard like the golden age, you know, going into yep. the golden age. Yeah. Um, so these, the age of Aquarius and the age of Capricorn could be seen as what they would call the golden ages. So we're literally heading into the golden ages. So 2021 is the start of the golden age. Did, well, and did you hear that everyone? Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
So there's speculation. So technically we don't enter the age of Aquarius and there's a bit of debate as like, it's, is it 750 years away? Is it 150 years away? Or is it the end of this year? There's a lot of debate. There's a lot of different people's perspective. All I know is that the people that gave us this current form of idea of time and calendars and clocks and all of that have obscured the, the actual, um, you know, so we've been taken off what, what it really is. Um, but it's really hard to find anyone that can pinpoint and go, this is where we actually are on the timeline, but we can look into our reality here and we can see how, um, you know, with the invent of say social media, the, the Google, right? The internet in general, that's a very Aquarian um, invention because what it does is it connects the whole of humanity instantaneously through information. That's an Aquarian type um, of energy. So the fact that we have that now, even if we're technically not in the age of Aquarius and we're yet to sort of cross over that threshold, we are feeling the influence of that era already here majorly. And what I think you're finding at the moment, if you want to go a little bit, a little bit conspiracy, but not too deeply is that's what's happening is you've got the people that have been in power in the age of Pisces trying to hang on grip tight their power, but they can't stop the shift that's coming. And yeah, that's, that's what I think is going on. They're trying their best as they can to try and hold on and maintain power. But that power structure is symbolic of the age of Pisces. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a Pisces. I know we, we yes. I know you, you, we, we haven't got too much longer, but what does that mean? What does that mean? Tell me. Yeah. So out of all the signs, Pisces are the most um, energetically sensitive, right? So Pisces is a mutable water sign and water rules the emotions. Um, the best sort of thing that I can say for a Pisces that always comes to mind is like, go and listen to the song, um, the house of the rising sun by the animals. It was an old song from the sixties. And that depicts Pisces, the 12th house, which is Pisces house. Um, and that sort of influence one foot on the platform, one foot um, on the train. In other words, the ability to sort of live within two realities. So the thing with Pisces is they can live a lot in fantasy and like imagination and dream and like what's not real. And they might struggle sometimes with just being grounded in reality. Um, they tend to be more prone to um, substance abuse and addictions and things like that because it's the desire to not escape or get rid of the current reality they're in. They can't manage it, so they try to live in the, the non-reality. Um, but on a higher level, like lots of meditation um, and connection to like you know intuition and that is, is and like also dreams. You know, writing down your dreams and dream journaling and things like that really powerful for Pisces to bring the um, to bring the inspiration from the non-physical or the imagination or the fantasy into reality. You know? They're very selfless, empathetic, compassionate, very sensitive to, um, you know, so, and then for you being the sun in Pisces, it would depend on what your rising sign is um, and your moon is to sort of get it. I think it's the sun. Uh, Leo rising. Well, it's, I had, um, have you heard of human design? Yeah. I yeah. did human design the other day and the, the, I think, oh, I don't know. I can show you my chart, but yeah. Yeah, well, we'll take a look, mate, off air, off air for sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, okay, cool, 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 cool. So what, do you, so what do you do for work? Obviously, you used to do pest yeah. control. I mean, do you just sit in your garden and talk, talk astrology? You, you've got some pretty cool qualifications. Do you work online, in person with people? Uh, all sorts, actually. Obviously, with COVID, I've had to do everything online, um, which has been a challenge to sort of get comfortable with that because it's just a new sort of way to work. But um, the good thing about that is like we can have these conversations and I've got clients in 
Detroit and the UK and Queensland and South Australia, all over the place. So that's been really good to be able to connect with people that I would not normally be able to. However, so my consultations are basically like just um, guidance, you know, clarity, advice, um, moving through challenging times, how to bring more awareness. The vast majority of people that come to me are dealing with something within their life that they're struggling to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. And what I do is just connect them to their chart so that they can sort of be at peace with that and go, okay, it makes sense that I feel this way. And this is why what's going on is in my life. So, this, and this is how to sort of understand it and move through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, through my awakening, I, I became a Reiki practitioner. Um, so I've got my level two Reiki, which I also do as, as part of my services here. And then I've just recently gone through my quantum healing hypnosis training, which is to take people through past life um, and subconscious regression work to, um, you know, bring about deep healing from past trauma. Um, yeah. Because I, f- I found what, I, what happens a lot in astrology is we can have the awareness of certain things and they can come up with in a, in a session. But then it might be because of an experience they've had when they were younger or even something that's energetically been brought over into this incarnation. And we can talk about it all we want, but how do we, how do we get to the bones of that and like clear it energetically? Mm. Um, so that's why I, I went into the quantum healing hypnosis technique. So that's just to take people back into those moments to sort of get the lesson make peace with it and leave it where it belongs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And so do you get many blokes? Do you get many dudes working with you? Uh, more and more this year than I have, um, which is encouraging. And when I do, they become consistent, regular clients because they're like, wow, that's been so useful and powerful that they just want to continue to get updates and sort of, you know, help navigate their life. But predominantly I would say you know, 80%, maybe even more um, would be women. Um, and I put that down just, Sorry again. I was going to say, I just can't wait for that to shift. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it will, but um, we, so I think, um, <laughs> I think men are going to be faced with a, a challenge coming because it's almost like you're going to have to evolve or, or, or not. And, and like, I, I'm seeing a lot of people leaving long-term relationships because they're just growing away from the other person and the, the, the men's unwillingness to sort of make the changes on a deeper level. Um, it's like the women are just sort of growing and, and, you know, seeking more out of life and more connection and more meaning and more sort of spiritual experiences and things. Um, so men, men have got a lot of catching up to do, but, you know, we're sort of um, a little bit disadvantaged when it comes to the feminine side of life because we're shown from a very young age that, you know, you sort of man up and be tough. Um, so we sort of repress our feminine um, receptive um, aspect of self. So, yeah, and I, I was like that, no different until my awakening. And part of my awakening, by the way, was, yeah, it sounds like, oh, it's amazing. Like, as a miraculous, you have an awakening. It's actually pretty freaking hard to go through an awakening um, because your whole reality crumbles before your eyes and everything you thought you knew is gone. And the meaning and, and, and motivations for life have just changed dramatically. And it led me through my, um, what they call dark night of the soul, which is like just the collapse of my even identity. Um, and there was a period through that where I was seeing a psychologist and I'm um, antidepressants. And when I had a breakthrough, that I, I spent a week in tears, crying, just an uncontrollable crying for a whole week. Um, just every, every, it was just like pouring out. And I, I sort of put that down to like men built up dam builders around their emotions. So we just well, can't, can't express that. Come on, man up, be tough. So you sort of build a dam around it. And then the dam wall just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But the energy behind, eventually it sort of finds its way through and when it does it's like 
And when that happens too, it can be quite catastrophic for men because like they get overwhelmed and then they will have a breakdown. Um, and then, you know, there's the rates of depression and suicide and um, substance abuse are much, much higher in men. And it's because we, we, we don't allow the expression of that whole part of ourselves. Right? We have our masculine side and we have our feminine side. And you can still be a blokey bloke and have connection to your feminine side. It's about being whole. You know, and we live in a duality. We have the sun and the moon. We have daylight and darkness. But we're sort of like, we, we push a whole side down and just like, we're just this way, right? But I think we need to sort of make peace and start to connect to our feminine qualities. I just... Um, and, yeah, sorry, go. No, no, yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously feminine's that creative aspect as well. And I watched, uh, I watched a video on your Instagram before where you played, um, it was, I don't know, like a Metallica song or something. And you were just banging hard on the drums. It sounded incredible. Like you did such a great job. And then you went into like an astrological reading. And I was like, you know, I really love the, the, the balance of that. Cause drumming is, it's creative. It's expressive. It's the feminine. It's, it's, but the way you, the, the music is, is like heavy music. Um, yeah. And then you went and did this reading. And so I think, you know, I, I love, that's why I love what you represent and, and what you stand for, because it is, it is about, you don't have to be a flower. You can still, you know, be a man. You can be both. You can be planted in the ground with the nice pretty petals. You can be both. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I have crystals and I use them and I'm, I'm, I meditate and do things like that, but man, I, I love my rock music and, and I'm a drummer. So I, it's just a massive part of what I love about myself and what I do, you know, and it's, and like in that, that's my that's my uh, creative expression, you know. I'm 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 a Virgo, so I'm very analytical. Um, and if you give me an idea, I can make that idea amazing. But I coming up with an idea, I struggle sort of. But I'm I'm more like once I've got something, that's why I play other people's music. <laughs> but I play it my way, sort of thing, you know. Yeah. It's like there it is, and now my my creative expression is to take that and go right. Well, this is what I can do with that, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I love that and. Um, and, and that's one of the things that I encourage people is that you don't have to be stereotypical this or that because you like certain things. And men have a hard time breaking through those stereotypical type patterns, you know, because they sort of put the label on and that's a bit oh, woo-woo, it's a bit girly or whatever. And it's like, you know, they're, they're just labels and, and patterns and conditioning. And, you know, the age of Aquarius is about breaking a lot of those as well, you know, and breaking them because they don't create equality for people. They don't quite create equality for, for reality in general. So, yeah. yeah. So Luke, if someone wants a consultation with you and men, if there's, if there's men listening, watching, um, this is your, this is your sign. Where can people find you? Where can they, or even if they just want to look at your stuff or even watch you play the drums, like where, where can they find you? Yeah, sure. So um, Instagram is where most of my stuff is. Um, and it's just my name, Luke Belk. And um, I do have a Facebook page and a website, um, but it's all the same name. So once you know the name, then it's just type it into any search engine and you'll find me. Instagram is where most of my stuff is, my lives are, and a lot of my content that I put up. Um, and then okay. for sessions, um, I do them, you know, like through Zoom and things like that, or face-to-face -face if you're in Melbourne. Um, I also, I've got family in Queensland and that, and I plan on coming up there and around Christmas time if the borders open. Um, so I'll be doing face-to-face -face sessions up there. Just so people know, your last name is B-A-L-C-K-E. Kind of like Belk, but it's Belk. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it means it's German and it means to support. To support. So I like those. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I that's what I do. I support people in their awakening and their growth, and then connecting them back to who they are to live their life in their terms. You know. Yeah. And the thing about astrology is like we're all cut from the same cloth, right? But we're <laughs> all just woven in different ways. So it's about finding your unique version or pattern of your weave and bringing that to life here. And that's, that's what I believe a massive part of what we're doing here is. It's not to be conditioned, dumbed down and kept the same and mediocre. It's to be unique and individual. And through that uniqueness, we can find unity, unique and unity, right? We can find unity. We can come together through our differences, not our similarities. I love that. I think that's a pretty powerful way to finish. So Luke, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for sharing your wisdom to everybody watching, listening, live recording. If you have any questions for myself or Luke, you know, drop them in the comments, wherever you're, you're, you're hearing this podcast, seeing this podcast, if it's YouTube, Facebook, whatever, uh, and reach out to Luke and he, I'm sure he'll be there to chat, to, 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 to guide you, to support you however you need to. So once again, Luke, thank you so much for coming on.